Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joe Thomas, your Hall of Fame left tackle from the Cleveland Browns, and this is the Dogs Only Podcast today. I'm going to be talking to Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio, the world's favorite offensive guards in all of pro football. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Cool. Um, well, let's just keep talking about food as long as we're rolling. We're good. Yeah. That's what all fat guys want to talk about. We were excited for it all day. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, so one of my favorite things when I was playing on the O-line was the amazing dinners that we'd come together and have. And when I was a rookie, it was like every week. But then as you get old and you have kids and stuff, it's not as frequent because mama wants you home to help with the kiddos. Um, but one of the cool things about coming out here for young practices for you guys is you get a chance to get together. You get a little bit more free time maybe than you do when you were in Berea for training camp. So you guys had a good O-line dinner last night. What were the highlights? Yeah, we went to Del Frisco's Double Eagle, which um, it kind of gave you Marble Room vibes if you ever been there in Cleveland. Yeah. Like, we were in a vault yeah. down there, oh. and they took care of us. Um, it was a, you know, a traditional steakhouse. They had a lot of good things on the menu, but they had these Philly cheesesteak dumplings mm. that were phenomenal. Like, I was dreaming about them. I looked mm. at the menu, and I was like, you know, fat guy thing. Like, <laughs> just like two days out, I'm looking at the menu, what I'm going to order for dinner in two yeah. days, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I saw those. I'm like, we need to order. <laughs> I, I think those were great. And a butter cake at the end of the night was... Oh. The butter so, cakes on the feet. Yeah. I, I love going for those butter cakes like at the end of a nice steakhouse dinner. You don't want it. You don't need it. You're you're already in a lot of pain with a lot of indigestion, but you can't say no to something so tasty. Yeah, there were some uh, some really good steaks there. Um, so it was it was a good time. It was a good time just hanging out with the with the boys. And um, like you said, we get away for a little bit, so we all get to get together and it's nice. So as much as you guys like to eat and you're good chefs, you're also good athletes. And I don't think our guards on the Browns get enough credit for the type of athletes you are. You were second at the combine, I think, among all offensive linemen with broad jump. You had a great combine showing off your athleticism with the three-cone drill, and you've been doing that your entire career. Joel, there was a little birdie that told me you may have won a game of knockout down here in Philadelphia when Coach Stefanski took you guys all to the University of Penn, I think, this week. Uh, we're, we're still down here in Philly right now during the joint practices, getting ready for the game. Um, so tell us a little bit about what happened that allowed you to beat the entire Browns team in a game of knockout. Well, we were I was kind of shooting on the side. like I didn't know how intense it was going to get, so I was warming up a little <laughs> bit. Um, and then I jumped in one of the games, and I was like, all right. Like my competitive juices started yeah, rolling. Course, yeah. My flashbacks to high school, like 50 pounds lighter, you know, a little bit more nimble. Um, so I, I didn't win the first two games. And then I was just in it. And uh, I started making some shots. You know, I think knockout, the key is how quick you get a hustle for the rebound. Uh -huh. You know, so I was getting the hustle, rebound, layup, put back, you know. Miles was out there like, Wasted his energy trying to like pretend dunk, you know, every time. <laughs> we For weren't me, allowed to like, dunk. We weren't, that was the yeah, one yeah, yeah. We weren't I'm, allowed to dunk. I'm like touching the backboard, you know yeah. what I mean? But getting, yeah. my, getting my layups in, and honestly, I probably should have lost. I was, you know, I was the first shooter with the last two guys, but he just kept missing his shot. Mm. So I finally got the ball back one time and it hit one at the top of the top of the key. Um, I was, I, honestly, I was just pumped. I, I put on for the big boys, you know, mm -hmm. people like, oh, I'm in oh, and yeah. stuff, but 
we had a win in there, you know. So I had some flashbacks to, to some high school basketball days there. And you were a great high school basketball player. 14 points and 12 rebounds, I believe, was the average. No big deal. I mean, that's solid yeah. at any level. Yeah, right yeah I was a double-double guy. Um, we played in a competitive competitive league. I, you know, I had better players on our team. I was I just tried to do my role. You know, yeah, rebound, yeah. offensive rebound, some post moves, some kickouts, you know, repost, okay. all that fun stuff. But I played basketball, travel basketball, you know, from like fifth grade really through high school, you know, so I, I loved it. And then I went to nationals, I think when I was like 12 or 13 and I realized like, I'm probably not going to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you realized I'm not seven feet tall. Yeah. I'll run like a gazelle. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll do it in high school. because I really enjoyed playing basketball, yeah. but, um, you know, I knew football is probably my calling to keep playing sports. In the next what year. age did you realize that it was going to be football, not basketball? I honestly think probably, I probably still had a glimmer of hope before I went to high school. Mm-hmm. But I think once I got to high school, I was like, all right, like yeah. I'm like a five eleven, you know, center right now <laughs> on the freshman basketball team. So this is probably not going to work yeah. out unless I grow a foot. Yeah. But I was I was good with it. I, I still had fun and and really honestly, my high school basketball team was way better than my high school football team, like wins loss wise. Mm. So it was always fun to you know go from like three and seven on the football field and, 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 and compete and, and go to the playoffs in basketball. One of the things that we love to tease you about when you were a youngster here and I was one of the old men in the line room was. The fact that you used to dominate Kawhi Leonard when you were in high school—that was the narrative that the Browns media was pushing to everybody. So, once and for all, can you set the record straight? What happened when you and Demar Derozan and Kawhi Leonard would face up on the hardwood floor? Um, so, I, De- Demar Derozan was in our league. He played for Compton High School. I went to Long Beach Wilson. Um, I don't think we beat him in my high school career. <laughs> but you locked him up, right? No, the I remember. <laughs> I don't know how this rumor got started. Why do you know how this rumor got started? There was an article that went out that maybe embellished, embellished my status <laughs> slash performance against some of these players, yeah, you yeah. know, in, in my life. I did score a couple baskets on Kawhi Leonard. We lost the game. He was my last high school game ever. We were playing in the playoffs. They had the number one team in the state in California, which is pretty impressive. They had Tony Snell, Kawhi Leonard, and a couple other D1 guys. Both those guys played in the NBA. So it was, it was a tough matchup, but he was in foul trouble all game. And so he was following you. They were there playing hack a shack on Joel. Yeah, they were worried about you no, taking was, the game over. He was, actually, he was actually guarding our best player, and then they switched him onto me after he got. Oh, no <laughs> and then I got the ball in the post a couple times, and I'm like, he's not really guarding me. Like yeah. I'm gonna go at him. And so I yeah. scored like two baskets, and then they yeah. kind of moved around. Yep. Um, but no, I mean there was some great competition. Demar Derozan probably had like six or seven dunks a game in high school. Oh. Like I remember one time I. It was a pick and roll, high pick and roll, and they had a seven foot center too. So they were really good. And I, I jumped out to like, you know, hedge the screen, and he just crossed over so aggressively. And I was like, oh, I don't quite have the lateral speed to stay. One dribble down the lane and just like posterized our point guard. And I remember after the game, my coach was like, Joel, you got to cut that off. And I was like, I'm going to try to, but I don't think I have that in my back. Like, that might not be my, you know, That's ability. It. But no, there were some really good. Clay Thomas, uh, Thompson mm. was uh, for the, he was in that um, area too. He ended up, playing, I think, against um, Kawhi in like, the final. So there are some really good, talented basketball players out there. Talentful. 14 points a game. You had to have the green light out to the three-point line, right? Like, where where did your coach allow you to let the ball rip from? So my junior year, I was definitely more of, like, a role player. Like, there was another big man that we would rotate, so it would just be, like, us, you know. Like, I'd play, like, three or four minutes, get tired, go to the bench, you know, <laughs> come back in and play. And then my senior year, I was probably our number two option on offense. Um, we had a guy go to UC Irvine, so he was a good basketball player. Um, and that year, I probably, I would say I probably made 
can't remember exactly, but five to ten three-pointers. Like, mm. you know that trailer three, like, yeah. I wasn't like, looking for it, but yeah. occasionally I hit yeah. one. My last shot of my high school career playing it, we're down by like ten. I caught one like halfway to like half court, and uh-huh. I just like threw one up, and I made it. So we lost the game by seven points or whatever. To <laughs> but my last shot was a, a made three. There so. we go. Yes. So I have a little bit of range. I showed it yesterday in knockout. You know, great yeah, shot. great shot. Man. But I I would say majority of my points are like offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. You know, quick post ups, maybe up and under. Mm-hmm. You know, below the rim game. Yeah, the details of your last high school game and shot are impressive. You could tell how important it was to you, right? How many times he's told that story about going against Kawhi Leonard and nailing a three is his last time walking off the high school basketball hardwood. Uh, I know all about your basketball prowess. It's very impressive. But Wyatt, uh, we never played together. So I'm curious what type of a high school athlete you were. Was it just football? Did you have a chance to play some other sports? Did you have some other passions? Yeah, so I grew up playing football my entire life, but uh, my actual first sport was swimming. Oh. So my uh, my freshman year, yeah, surprising. Uh, my fir- my freshman year, my sister uh, tricked me into getting onto the swim team. She said, I should just do it, you know? Uh-huh. I think I was just gonna, you know, maybe do basketball or something like that, mm-hmm. which I ended up doing basketball later on in, uh, in, in high school. But baseball also was, oh, I always played baseball. I wanted yep. to be like my brother. I wasn't half as good as him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he always likes to say he wasn't even an eighth as good as me at football. So, um, you know, it, it was, I always grew up playing sports. My mom was a, a, a physical education teacher, so. Gym coach. And she, uh, <laughs> you can't say it right. <laughs> she, um, yeah, so she always instilled that. But she, as a teacher, she also instilled like, uh, you know, just, you know, sports matter. But your academics matter more. So she would always, you know, incentivize playing or, you know, whenever she had to pay for a sport or something like that, she'd be like, yep, bees, CFCs, we need to make some eggs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, school is always very important. But, um, you know, growing up, at, you know, I wrestled when I was younger, which, you know, I don't think I was very good at. Um, you know, I think, uh, well, I, I wasn't bad at, but by, I think I was in fourth grade, I started wrestling with sixth graders. And, you know, that two years in, in wrestling is, is a lot. So I started started losing a little bit, nothing like that. Um, but I was always competitive. Um, you know, where I grew up, it was kind of a small town. Um, so, you know, a little bit bigger than my wife's town, but uh, uh, still a small town. So, you know, if you didn't play two sports or three sports, you know, that was just different. You know, in Long Beach, uh, you know, it's probably a little different. The talent pool was absolutely crazy. But uh, in Fauquier County, there wasn't a, there wasn't the same amount of talent. Um, was... Um your speedo, your favorite uniform you ever worn? There? Never wore a speedo. Yeah. Jammers or the uh, leggings. If you see like speakers oh, nowadays, yeah, the body suit, yeah. the body suit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I never. Yeah. I wasn't that serious. Bro. I would actually like to see a race here because Joe Thomas is pretty good swimmer. I've seen it. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. And I'm curious how good you were at swimming because like so anybody I, can sign up for the swim team, but were you winning meets and stuff like that? Yeah. So I usually placed first or second in uh, wow. whatever I swim in. By the time that first I did training, yeah. By the time <laughs> I know it. By the time that I. Uh, uh, finished our first meet they put me in the, the craziest things because you know growing up swimming not everybody knows breaststroke not everybody knows backstroke some people don't yeah. trust it so uh you know by the 200 im i think i had regional times first meet um regional times and almost everything i swam oh my gosh yeah so i did you gain some weight and then yeah. i gained a little bit of weight they <laughs> well, were like, hey. more buoyancy <laughs> can help yeah right? and it just sunk when I tried <laughs> later but uh you know it was um by sophomore year you know i, I don't even think i by the Baseball was about to start. Okay. So I, you know, the regional times, I was like, this is, yeah. this is just a you yeah. know, fun time. I'm not, yeah. I'm not taking it too serious. Um, I wanted to do the 50, uh, 50 meter um, freestyle because I've been a sprinter my entire life and they always put me in the long mm-hmm. distance stuff. I'm not a long distance guy, even though I was doing well at it. 
you know, I wanted to, I think that I could have got a state time in uh, uh, 53, but we had to, you know, they kind of have to give that to the kids that don't know as mm-hmm. much because kind of participate. Safety. Safety. They don't want those guys that don't want to swim, yeah, yeah. swim in a half mile. Yeah, exactly. So I think that it was a little bit of safety uh, precaution, but, um, you know, I asked the swim coach if I could move to uh, to 50 meter uh, free, and they said no, and I was like, all right, well, I want to go. If I, I want to have state times. I'm not going to states. I'm not going to regional. I'm not going to districts. I just want to, you know, do it. So they ended up not. You know, f- uh, baseball was the next week, and I ended up, you know, not fi- uh, finished the se- season. But I think we had uh, the state and regional times that I didn't even, I didn't even uh, act upon. But it was cool. Um, and then baseball, you know, like I said, I always did it. I want to be like my brother, and then you know I wasn't very good at it. Uh, you know, I think I averaged like a three fifty batting average, which isn't bad, but I mean you're not going to college on that. Yeah, three fifty in high school is like oh fifty. Yeah, in exactly. College. Yeah, but uh, it was um, it, it ended up you know it was fun. Played it, uh, played baseball in my first two years, and then uh, our football coach was like, "Hey, it's it's time to start focusing on football." So I said, yes, "Sir." Yeah, um, and I just you know my senior year, I wanted to be a, a three sport athlete just because I knew that I was going to be playing football. Um, I, you know, basketball and, uh, baseball probably a past in my life. So I went and played, I do remember my last baseball game and my last basketball game. Basketball wasn't as eventful as yours, but, uh, baseball, I had a, uh, walk-off, um, double, or I think it might've been a walk-off single that brought the guy in from third. Okay. So we tied for, uh, uh, districts for the first time since my brother was at the same high school. So he was 11 years old. Okay. It was, uh, it was a big deal, but. Again, you know, my brother would have probably sent that over the fence. Yeah. Did they have a parade for you in the hometown where <laughs> no, they took no, you on the fire no. engine from winning the district? It was, it was a tie you tied the district, yeah. so they had a parade for you. It that wasn't was awesome. a school. Congratulations. Congratulations. Great last uh, games that don't matter. No matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so uh, that Joel, that game that you uh, nailed that game where, oh, you lost, it wasn't a game where, it was so you could lose by less than double digits. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So you guys obviously had a, a broad background in sports growing up, but football ended up being your love. Obviously, part of it is because that's what you're really good at. That's what God says, hey, you're going to be 300 pounds. You're probably not going to do a whole lot of other stuff. But was there a point in college that you realized like, hey, I might be good enough at this to be able to go and play at the next level? Yeah, no, I mean, for me, you know, I was always, I was highly recruited out of high school. So, I, you know, blessing that and that um, degree, but when I got to college, you know, they were like, oh, you know, you can play defensive line, you're going to play defensive line. Mm. And about two months in, I didn't play defensive line. (laughs) (laughs) They knew what they were doing, Uh but, uh, you know, it ended up being the best thing for me. You know, I have guys who, you know, were much better athletes who, you know, didn't really get that that opportunity. One, you know, had an injury. My best friend, Vinny Mahota, he uh, was a great player, but he had knee injuries, and, you know, he was faster than me, smarter than me, and stronger than me, and, you know, by the time that we left, uh, College, I was thankful that I moved offensive line. I mm-hmm. found that niche, um, you know, a little mauler off, off the left side. I never played tackle like, you know, Joel. Joel's an athlete, you know, and <laughs> I was stuck inside. But, uh, you know, it was it was a blessing. And I'd probably say, like, you know, after my sophomore, maybe my retro sophomore year, um, I realized that, you know, I was good at what I was doing, but I still, you know, didn't really believe. It just, you know, you don't really think about it. Oh, the future, the future, the future. You're just so focused on the moment um, day by day. So... You know, it wasn't until like my uh, my junior year that I really realized that, you know, I, I could play this at the next level. And then my senior year, I had kind of a downturn in play, picked it up towards the end of the, uh, end of the season. But, you know, ended up being drafted third day. Unlike you guys, you guys were uh, pretty good. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I had to wait. I needed all five years and I needed all three days. To be <laughs> and uh, it worked out.
So you started out on the defensive side of the ball. DNs, um, yeah. I think that's a tale as old as time, right? You recruit the big uh, white. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Then, uh, two weeks into camp, it's like, hey, we need some help on the offensive yeah, line over here. Move to the we had uh, offensive line coach Bob Wiley, and he always said that the offensive line is the last bus stop on the bus line because after that, you're going to be coaching because there's no yep. other positions that take less athleticism yep. and less talent than the offensive line and typically it starts out as tackle and if you can't do that they move you to guard and if you can't do that they move you to center and from there you they move you to coach and quality control <laughs> so joel obviously played uh tackle at nevada or nevada, nevada. depending yeah, on how nevada. you say it if you're from right. Wisconsin. I, I, I tend to correct people you know, on nevada i love it why it says i say it right now he's said the right it's appalachian right so if someone said appalachian you'd, you'd yeah you'd yeah, say that's good right. i think it's a running joke yeah. Uh, so, Joel, when did you know that you were probably going to move to guard at the next level? Um, it was tough when I was going to the Senior Bowl. Um, so I played. I played right. We have a weird offense, but I uh, one year in college we like strong side weak side. So I played right. Oh man! Game. So like you remember the tight? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, awesome, Joel. Um, but I played right. I played left. So I had some experience at everything. I went to the Senior Bowl and they're like, "Hey, we want to get you some reps at guard." So at that point, I was kind of like. All right, they, they want that. And then, like, our tackles got hurt, so I ended up playing left tackle the whole senior bowl. And I was like, oh, I did pretty good. You know, we'll see how this turns out. And then, you know, I get drafted to the Cleveland Browns, and they happen to have a left tackle that's already kind of played a lot and a right tackle. Yeah. You know, good left tackle. Yeah, pretty good left tackle. And they're like, yeah, you're probably going to play guard for us. And I was like, I can do that. You know, I'll learn that. <laughs> um, and, you know, I got to play, obviously, between you and, and Mac. And that was kind of the position that I got worked into. So I didn't really know. I think there was a few teams that might have given me a chance out at tackle. Um, but I think it worked out really well. I, I think I fit, you know, the, you know, six four, not the longest arms, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think I, I fit well. I, I garden it. It worked out well for me. Mm-hmm. It's obviously worked out well for both you guys. But Joel, you were a second round pick for the Browns, right at the top there. Why you took a little bit longer route to get to the Browns? You're drafted by Buffalo. You yeah. said fifth round. Fifth round. And then after starting some games your rookie year, you get traded to the Browns. What was that emotion like? After having some success there as a rookie, as a later round pick, and then being dealt immediately right after that year. Yeah, I know it was weird. You know, when I came in, uh, I think a couple weeks before the draft, they had Eric Wood, who you know, he, they kind of knew that Eric Wood wasn't going to be playing. He had a neck injury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he was on year eight or nine, and then Richie Incognito, year thirteen. You know, he just finished his thirteenth year. You know. They didn't know that he wasn't going to be playing until about a week or two before you know I got drafted. So um, that wasn't on their their plan, but they kind of got got me as a death pick. So when I first got there, I was like, oh, you know, Richie, you know, I'm, I'm following 23 years of interior talent. You know, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and all of a sudden, that changed. They were both yeah. uh, both uh, retired, and um, you know, it was it was it was definitely uh, definitely tough to you know. Eric was always around, but um, and a great guy, but you know, so I got to talk to him a little bit, but he wasn't playing, so I didn't get to really see his you know. You know his work or uh, anything like that, but you know, absolute great guy. Um, and you know, Richie, I never got to really meet Richie, but you know, everything I've heard about him, you know, intense, the way he worked out, the way he trained was you know unbeatable. Um, so you know, respect to that. And then you know, I'd watch that and try to try to emulate see the last stuff. That's really hard. You know, year thirteen, you know your technique, you know your fundamentals. So um, it was a little weird. Uh, you know, I think I started by game nine, so I think I had seven starts my first year. And, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely rough. We didn't have the season. They went from playoffs the year before, um, you know, new, new quarterback, new, new middle linebacker. So it was a little bit of adjustment. Um, and, you know, I just to be honest, didn't put my best play out there. 
um, you know, ended up getting traded after the, uh, after camp the next year. Um, but, you know, I thank God for that every day because it brought me to somewhere where, you know, maybe I wasn't, you know, that not valued, but just like, you know, they, they knew that I had a, a price that I, they could get draft picks or something like that. And the Browns went to a uh, team that really wanted me, and, um, you know, I'm blessed for that. Uh, and then, you know, I think I started nine games the next year and then uh, a full season the next year and then full season there. Bill Callahan, the offensive line coach here in Cleveland with you guys. One of the most respected O-line coaches in the NFL. What's it like being coached by Bill every day? Yeah, it's 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 hard some some days more than others. Um, you know, he's a great coach. Uh, you know, he's extremely smart. He's extremely talented at what he does. He's done it for so long. His experience speaks for itself. Um, you know, and his ability to, you know, uh, teach pretty complex techniques in a, you know, kind of uh, – elementary way is what makes him so good you know he can take a guy i think in uh the year before he came to uh cleveland i think he had like something like 50 to 60 different combination of offensive linemen including guys mm -hmm. that did want to play the week before mm -hmm. came out and started for him um so you know it shows that his ability to get guys ready um is is amazing um you know so it, he's a great coach and you know i'm, I'm blessed to have him scotty peters is the offensive line assistant he was a guy that hung around before he was the coach here when Bob Wiley was around. Um, so I got a chance to listen to some of his thoughts on the whole line play. And he was always a very different thinker as far as your technique goes. Um, very ahead of his time for O-line coaches. What does he bring to that unit? What does he bring to that room from the offensive line coach standpoint? Yeah, I think his, um, you know, the technical side of things. And, and like you said, I, I knew him like three or four years before he got hired. And we went through some things. And um, to be honest, I was a little unsure. I was like, I don't know. This doesn't seem, you know, like it works. But he's always like crafting his his techniques year after year. Like we change different strikes and stuff. But he has such a good understanding of the body and leverage mm -hmm. that he shows a way like, hey, playing long, um, independent hand strikes, recovery, which is like one of the biggest things. I, I, I always tell people, you know, like, Joe Thomas's ability to recover. He wasn't always in the perfect position, but like yes. he had this uncanny ability to recover, and like he does a lot of things with that as well. And so to match them together, you know, with with Coach Callahan and the scheme, and then him with the technique and the and the pass pro, and, and really trying different things. You, you know, um, I never was a huge jump setter. They get here and they want us to jump a lot more, you know. And yeah. so I've, I've learned to incorporate that type of stuff in my game. Um, but just having that guy, and he he's fun because he gets out there with the guys, and he's probably one of the stronger guys. Like, <laughs> like he'll wear cleats or anything, and he just like field. will drive us and stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Scotty, like this is this is uh, unbelievable. And he kind of runs a little bit like you. He gets he's like yeah. people think he's Joe Thomas a lot. Like they're like Joe Thomas, and he's like I'm not Joe. Maybe yeah. he's both yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. He has veins running down his yeah. shoulders and arms, and like <laughs> like spells, spells a word in his bicep. Yeah, what is that? That's uh, awesome having him around and being able to give you just different ways to skin the cat, right? I always said that there's a lot of good offensive linemen out there and none of them do it the same way. And so I think having different perspectives is so important to be able to teach a big group of guys because not everybody's going to be able to do it the same way. You got to find your own method, I, I've always thought. And, you know, when Joel was a young left guard, we'd give him tips and stuff, but his body was just built differently. So it took him a little while to figure out what worked perfect for him. I mean, his ankles don't bend. They're completely <laughs> welded together. So he's going to play on his toes, but that's all right. Like, you got to find <laughs> what works for you. And this year, a lot has been made this offseason about this is Deshaun's offense. This is what he's comfortable with. Him and Stefanski spent a lot of time together putting together an offense that works for him versus last year where it was kind of Kevin's offense with 
a stack of plays that Deshaun did well. So from your guys' perspective, you know, how do you think this offense has evolved and what do you think is going to be different about it? What are you guys going to emphasize that you didn't last season? Yeah, last year I think was a, a little weird. He came in, we had every intention that he was, you know, going to play early. Ended up not playing early. Game 11 was when he came back. So it was like we kind of made a little transition with the with the quarterback, We you know, personnel, stuff like that. So it was just a little bit different. Um, this year we have a full off season with him as our uh, in the helm you know so blessed with that you know we're, we're thankful that uh you know we can really work the place that we're going to be playing um you know last year it'd be like we did all these different uh you know per- personnels and plays with uh deshaun and all of a sudden we got jacoby and it was run the damn ball and it was, it was nice you know and then in uh Jaco- uh jacoby um you know he played great and you know then deshaun came back and it was just a little bit different of a, a play style um, you know, you got to stay in front of your block because you don't know if he's going to be going out the B gap or the A gap. You know, mm-hmm. Jacoby, he would sit right there for as long as he could and then throw the ball. And you know, he was he was tough. He also you know sold the uh, uh, the late hits a little really well. <laughs> so you had the LeBron in him. Yeah. Oh, you know, learned from the best. Yeah, but he was he was great. And uh, you know, you know, reminds me, just speaking of him as a guy. You know, I remember one day after a press conference, we ended up winning the game, and he was wearing a. A Joel, the uh, NFL things. NFL jam. Jam. And it had the Joel and me. Yeah. I love that so, one. As a quarterback. I've worn that a few times. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, you know, as a quarterback to supporting your guys like that. Yeah. He's a big guy. That's got to feel pretty good. Yeah. What's different blocking for Deshaun versus, like, Jacoby? Like, what makes it difficult having a guy that you don't know where he's going to escape? Because I never really played for a true scrambling quarterback like that where – you have no idea where they're going to be outside of two, three seconds into the shot yeah. clock. I think, especially for tackles, like knowing the depth of the pocket, like how far back someone drops and how you can, you know, vary your sets and stuff like that. Also knowing what you got to get a feel for when he scrambles. So like last year, I definitely got called for holding once where I was like, I had my guy locked up and then the shot runs out of the pocket and you just like, don't let go quick enough. Mm-hmm. So I think getting that feeling of like, all right, my guy's going that way, not towards quarterback, you know, I can let him go here. Getting to say that, just having a little bit more of those quarterback runs in the playbook, you know, where it's gonna it's gonna open things up. Though, but you see a team like, you know, we just practiced against the Eagles, and they have so many RPOs and, and things that are working in this league. And I think having a guy like Deshaun can add those into the into the playbook. So it's really just getting to feel the timing, the depth of the pocket, really understanding, you know, what he does well. And I think we've learned that, you know, you always think it block forever, but with Deshaun, it's like. He wants to make the big play, you know what I mean? So he'll hold on that ball, and he, he's, he's pretty strong in that pocket, though. You, you, yeah. you saw the other night, you know, he take a hit, and he can still still get out of there. So it's one of those things where we're just we're just learning each other. Yeah. And then you have to run after the play because he's trying to, you know, run four yards. <laughs> Don't anybody hit him, you know? <laughs> yeah. Making sure you're, you're the first one there to pick him up. Yeah, it's going to be really fun for us fans being right here on the cusp of the start of the season to be able to have that quarterback that you feel like can make those big, explosive, game-changing plays at any moment. And you're going to have them for the entire season. So um, I'm curious for you guys, being that you've been grinding in training camp for a little bit of a while, though, here. Was there something that you did this summer or maybe in the offseason to help kind of recharge your batteries as you guys are getting ready for the grind of a football season? Yeah, no, there was definitely, um, you know, I had a baby. So, you know, I had, a, you know, definitely time that focused on on him. But, you know, also like, you know, training a little differently, you know, instead of just lifting 600 pounds over your head, you know, squatting 600 pounds, you know, you're, you're doing conditioning while also lifting weights, you know, Zercher carry, stuff like that, where it's like, you know, we're going to be moving, so we got we to gotta be ready to go. Um, you know, when I came in, I think, uh, you know, I think uh, 
our DEXs were low as a as an offensive line, which is good. Um, you know, it means that we're you know burning the burning the fat off and you know, mm-hmm. getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. How about you, Joel? I um. I enjoyed a lot of golf. Oh. So, I mean, honestly, I have two great golfer. Kids. Great golfer. I wouldn't say great, but I appreciate that, White. No, um, great golfer. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we, um, you know, I spent some time in California with the family. My family, you know, most of my family's out there, but the kids, uh, you understand, like kids running around. Um, we visited Wisconsin, so I got to see, oh. you know, the Zeitlers. Um, yeah. You know, out in Wisconsin. The Palace up there, the northern in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Right. And that was that was my first experience up there besides playing, mm-hmm. you know, in Green Bay. So that was fun. But yeah. really, for me, now it's getting away, spending the time with the family because, you know, in season, mm-hmm. it's a little bit it's a little bit more. But, um, you know, I, I kind of know where my body's at now. So yeah. it's like I could train. I can I do all the work. But I, me, and, me and, you know, Courtney have... Have picked up golf and and nice. I'm trying to play a bunch. You know, I was shooting in the 80s this year oh, most of the time. So, so I'm feeling better. Yes. You know, hopefully when I lose some weight, get some more rotation. Yeah. You know, and and I think my ankle mobility has improved. I'm oh, bringing that up. Yeah. You know, I I don't play on my toes as much as I did as a rookie. I still do play on my toes though. There's yeah. nothing. But he's fast. fast. It's unbelievable. I know you got to have stiff ankles to be fast. Yeah, and, uh, you check that box. <laughs> There's no thought about that. I see you've got a. Lakewood Country Club hat on. Why do you like to get out on the golf course and swing the sticks? Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't, I'm not as good as uh, Joel, so I'll spend as much time on the uh, on the uh, golf course. But uh, we did actually get to go out play, and uh, you know, any time that Joel was in the sand, he was it was amazing. His ability to get out and get it. So you're saying he was on the sand in the I, sand a lot? Not, not a lot. I'm <laughs> saying every green. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, some people say you know you uh, you lay up, and he just absolutely was <laughs> going. No, on. I, you know, I've never said that Joel lays up, but anything yeah, is right. like. But it was it was uh, <laughs> it was impressive, you know, watching him play and. Uh, you know, I think there was a couple holes there where I was just putting out of my mind. And it was impressive. I, I think he made like yeah. I think he had like ten straight one putts. And yeah. I was like, it wasn't maybe pretty getting to the green, but he was making every putt. Right. So it really we've been a good scramble team. Then. Yes, yes. So uh, you took all of his money, is what you're trying to tell me. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, hopefully that you guys bought a few dinners for each other here in training camp and made sure to return the failure oh, yeah. for all those beautiful eighteen hole rounds that yes. you bought for each other. Uh, let's finish up with a little bit of rapid fire questions because everybody loves the rapid fire question. And uh, this can be anybody on the team. Okay. Uh, so it doesn't have to just be present company here. So who is the most likely to dance at a club? John Kelly? Yeah, John Kelly. He's a good dancer. I, Does he like to show off in the I world I feel like he's lines? always dancing, you know what I mean? Right. That was the first name that popped right. in my head. I don't know. DeWan can, DeWan can dance a little bit. He's always really? listening to music. He's always got his headphones Big on. Big fella's got twinkle I mean, toes. DPJ, DPJ might be the best dancer. Really? I don't know if he danced at a club, but okay. he could definitely dance. We had a Halloween party a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's what I was he thinking was, Unbelievable. Really? Yeah, he thought I had no oh, Absolutely not. We got to get some video of that. That'd be amazing. All right. Who's the most likely to pick up a check at dinner? Jack, Joel, I mean, oh, yeah. with, when it comes to offensive line, you know. Yeah, usually, we have a pretty good rotation. We have, like, a bunch of older guys. You got a lot of rich guys. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Like, you, nobody minds yeah. picking up dinner. So last night, it was just a rounding year. never, you know, Jack. Jack will yeah. never. Yeah, we got to get Jack going a little right. But, no, Greenbrier, I picked it up last night. Jack and White picked it up. So, we, we have a good little system yeah, yeah. going. That's and good. no one ever, you know, argues with it. It's like, hey, you pick it up. Get it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. So, Jed, you owe us dinner, and I'm coming this yeah, time. <laughs> Who's the most likely to be an NFL coach? Joel Batonio. No. Really? On the whole team? Yeah, on the whole team. team. Joel's going to be golfing too much. Yeah, Who yeah that's, time good, to that's a good point. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm going to go, I think, Dobbs. 
Tells his mind to yeah. do it, you know. But he might want to do, you know, his astro not yeah. stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. He's pretty smart. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know Ethan Posick, He's a uh, he's a really intelligent guy. Um, you know, Nick Harris. I feel like Nick I could Harris see Poe being like high school, like football mm-hmm. coach. You know, he just back love the game. Just loves the game. Yeah. Yeah. Wants to be around the guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like that. Uh, who's got the dirtiest locker? We Who's the biggest slob? We talk about this all the time. There's guys who might have a dirty locker, but they keep everything in their locker, right? Uh-huh. And there's people who who don't do that as much. You know, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to get. Oh, well, you can name names. Yeah, nobody listens Jeremiah. to this podcast. So Miles. Jeremiah. Jay okay. What's crazy is stuff is halfway in the middle of the locker room. I, I catch myself walking by their lockers all the time, picking up like trap. I'm like, what are you guys? I have doing? a lot of clothes. So I have a lot of years, so my locker looks like it's like. Messy, but it's all clean clothes just piled up. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. he knows where everything is, though. It's a big. Hey, you know where that <laughs> shirt is? Pulls <laughs> it right out. Yeah, that's amazing. Does Joel have a favorite shirt? Is there like that one go-to shirt that he just wears every day? Every year, you kind of have like a different shirt. Whatever one fit. Okay. Whatever. I love this one. Your guys look good. Yeah. Well, don't I don't have. Stuff. I don't have great. Guns. You know the uh, the dryers at the facility, I believe, shrink some shirts. I'm not gaining weight. I know that. So no, yeah, sure, of course not. <laughs> I've never weighed myself it's since consistent. last fall. But, but I do have this hoodie. Uh, for my rookie year, that the sleeves are cut off. That if I'm doing a big arm pump, I'll okay. put it on. You know nice. what I mean? Just a, I like it's it. only once or twice, you yeah. know, a camp or something like that. But that's my my go to probably. Yeah, I notice uh, the the sweatshirts after a couple washes, they start getting a little tighter. Freaking fat pan, like what's going on? <laughs> you know, I know it's in season, but come on. Yes, uh, big guys always have that fat anxiety in the middle of the season. <laughs> We're like, like, I am weighing myself, but this shirt's getting really tight. I'm going to get in trouble here. They're going to send me to fat camp yes. after practice, and I'm going to have to ride the bike. Uh, last question. I appreciate the time from you guys today. Um, who's the one person that you would never allow controlling the music in the weight room? I feel like people have la- allowed me to, but I know that no one likes the music. <laughs> I'll put on some country and everything. Okay. But they won't say anything, yeah, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I've earned that respect. But, uh, you know, uh, Jack Conklin, he puts on. <laughs> this man will put on, like, EDM. And it's like, are we yeah. at a club? I love it. Lifting oh, I love it. Joseph I love it. I, I love it. Like, like uh, what's that? Uh, Two Friends? Is that the uh, the band that does the um, big booty mix or something like that? Yes. Put that on on SoundCloud? Like, yeah, and yeah. one that had like switches songs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's I don't a DJ have the focus. I don't yeah. have the focus to be. Oh, it's like <laughs> right when they're about to get to the good part of the song. It does yeah. pressure me because then like that, you know, good song will come on. I'm like, oh, I'm rocking yes. out, and it changes. Yeah. But I'm like the least music guy in the weight room. Like I'm kind of one of the older guys yeah. now. They're like, Joel, you got the music, and I'm like, I really don't yeah. want that yeah. responsibility yeah. right now, you know. So I kind of let it flow. Um, he always turns on Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's crazy. I do. I do have like a Let's little like, Cali vibe. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, Cali vibes is, is kind of my thing. What yeah. you listen to in those formative years, like middle school, high school, like whatever you listen to, that's what you're going to go back to when you're in your 30s and 40s. Not to say you're old or anything, Joel, but if you do like country in the weight room, but nobody else does, there's some good country EDM mixes on that's SoundCloud. Um, MC40 is like a DJ group that does mix-ups and mashups with country and uh electronic which is really good so you guys should check that out i yeah. feel like that might be a, a crowd pleaser yeah, jelly rolls come out with some really yeah good music, <laughs> they got like some hip-hop uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. country crossover that i feel like might appeal to some everybody yeah yes broader audiences so yeah, it's hard when you put on uh you know eric church and every song is a little slow and yeah you don't want slow in the weight room that, the that, music that morgan wallen does a really Morgan's good job of I, i'm getting old because 
we've had the rookie sing for us, you know, do the thing. And I think I'm one for like 10 on knowing what the song is. <laughs> I have no clue what the songs are. Everybody starts chanting and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh no, yeah, I don't, don't know, know the song. what's going on. So I got I to gotta up my uh, music game. You're back to your crossword puzzle. You're like, all right, you guys tell me when you're done. Have fun. <laughs> Keep you sharp and engaged in your crosswords, but I really appreciate you guys coming on the podcast today. Um, wish you the best of luck the rest of the preseason and as we start the season. Thank Thanks you for having us. Thanks, guys. Walter Payton was a warrior, running with bees. You rookies couldn't hold the weight up in one of his cleats. As I creep through the zone, I am known as a monster. The new Larry Zonka, balling hard, going bonkers. Somebody need the answer, trying to stop Barry Sanders. Sharks in the game, you just a salamander. Never out of bounds, you running through your town. Keep your head up and rush, we look like Jim Brown. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.